Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. He covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land of the Gold Coast. We thank the Ugambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Paul. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad it's a weekend. Yeah. So I can switch off. Been fairly busy with sorting out stuff and put out the bloody winter cold weather. Ah. I just can't wait till summer comes back around. Yep. It's getting closer. Each yeah. day's getting closer, yeah. but still <laughs> not right. close enough. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. And all this, yeah, all this stuff that's been going on and going to, yeah, the, the recovery center, sports recovery center, I, I go to and talking to people, and they've all got their conspiracy theories about what's going on oh, with the virus and, yeah. and the vaccine. And yeah, I noticed the gym ball there. Eh? Yeah. 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 We got you doing stuff with that too, working <laughs> on your core. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I had a big job on this week, big audio job on. So right. That took a long time, and glad that's over. What sort of audio job was that? Oh, well, just taking. Um. Um. Audio off CDs and put make oh that's right MP3 yeah I remember yeah. you were saying yeah sorting that out yeah yeah and trying to read other people's writing yeah, yeah I guess there's a real need for that eh yeah well CDs mm. you can't buy CD players anymore and yeah uh, there's a lot out there that even in cash uh, converters eh. It, well, yeah, they well, probably don't yeah. work. <laughs> no, it's a bit hard to have a CD player in your car too. Oh, mine, mine. I've got a six stack CD player in my car and hasn't yeah. worked for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've still got all these CDs stuck in there and I'll probably never see them again. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Um, yeah. The front page of the paper. Brisbane 2032, we've yeah. won gold. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't You're not a big fan of it. Nah. But yeah, it's a long way off. That's right. And anything can happen, anything, yeah. But you know what I was thinking when they got that decision? Uh. I'm thinking, you beauty, now they're going to build another M2, M1. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that, that will disappear. That will disappear. Oh, they've got no excuse now. No, nah, it will disappear. Yeah. And all the funding will go into building a new stadium and, and put us into even more debt. Well, I think with the Gabba, they're just going to upgrade it. Like, 
it's going to cost about a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is that yeah, you know, under the current circumstances, we don't know when this is going to end. Mm. And if it's if it's if one guy says twenty twenty seven, which is still what six years away, yeah. And that that still is five years, so and you don't really know about. Mm. Uh, it'll be like moving into moving into a house that's only got the walls and the framing and the roof on. Yeah, yeah. You'd wait. Personally, I'd be waiting until it was all over and see what the new normal is. Yeah, we just don't know what the future's going to hold, well, I guess. You know, yeah. Just deal with the current crisis mm. and then and then move on. Yeah. Yeah, mm. well, I must admit, you know, just watching uh, – I was watching some of the op- opening ceremony there in Tokyo last night and, you know, like just all the countries coming out to, you know, in the – when they have the parade of nations and yeah. all with their masks on, no crowd there, and yeah. it just didn't, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just didn't seem right. Yeah, but but also I believe that that that, that they should have rebadged it and done it down the track as just the dedicated Tokyo Games. Yeah, because yeah, apparently they're. People in Japan are worried that it's going to turn into a, a big super spreader, and mm. yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. I understand that, yeah. Sport has been given a lot of exemptions, really. Yeah, there's been so many businesses go under because of this, this pandemic, and and if sport has to be. A victim of it. Well, that's the way it has to be mm. to to get this whole to get through all this. We have to get through this together. Yeah. Not yeah. Not just oh, let's move everything to one state. Mm. Like we're having southeast Queensland, and yeah, now we're still wearing masks. And yeah, well, I suppose in these difficult times, I guess it gives us a bit of hope. Like. Uh, I'm going to go into it uh, later on in the in today's show about another issue that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, in relation to South Africa and yeah. their apartheid and how they were um, expelled from the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, definitely, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I can understand why a lot of, you know, People are upset that a lot of these athletes are getting exemptions, and yeah, you know, they all the footballers and their families are allowed to move yeah. into Queensland. And, and, and like last year when they were doing it, yeah, mm. every day you would hear, "Oh, such and such from the club broke, yeah, broke the you know, rules," and yeah, it's just sort of. Well, you know, we've had another case this week. You know, of a New South Wales player sneaking a. A woman into his room, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Just because you play, play a sport that's a national sport does not put you above anyone else. He was married with two kids. This bloke, yeah, yeah, thirty-five thousand dollar fine, a two-match ban. Yeah, yeah, 
And but 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 will that make any difference? Probably not. No. <laughs> Maybe once a knucklehead, always a knucklehead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it, personally, I, I think they've they've got this mentality that oh, I'm a football player, I can do whatever I like. Yeah. Yeah. It just if basically if I can't go out and enjoy myself. Why did why should they be then moving being moved around? Mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, families that can't go interstate, the funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, if yeah, it's, it's the same with you. You've got elderly parents in another state. Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, like me. Down. Yep. And if something go that something tragically happened, yeah, what do we do? Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, everyone should be treated the same, and mm. everyone should have the same rights. The board is closed D- again. Just because you're in a f- national football team, why should you be exempt to move to Queensland to play your game? Mm. That if my father suddenly went, I wouldn't bother to go and say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. It's just not right. Yeah, you know, surely they can just kit 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 you up in like full on PPE gear and yeah, yeah they've got to make exemptions for things like that. Yeah, it's just not right. Yeah, well, yeah. well, they, they ask us to use the um, keep our hands clean with the with the with the uh, the wash that's seventy five percent alcohol. <laughs> well, as long as I reckon that you should be able to go into the next border if you're drunk, because <laughs> alcohol is going to kill the virus if it's inside. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Gosh, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, all the Tokyo Olympics kicked off last night with the opening ceremony. Yeah. It was quite spectacular. I, I went to bed late. I yeah. only, you know, probably saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't spectacular. Once it's all over, they'll be repeated on Channel 7 for the next three oh, months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the Commonwealth Games. That, that, yeah, every time you turned it on to one of the Channel yeah. 7 networks, t- TV stations are repeating this and repeating yeah. this. Oh, it's like Foxtel. Yeah. They'll just replay, you know, like if one game after the other and yeah. the league and, yeah, you get a bit bored of it after a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, look, and it doesn't fill you with much confidence, you know, when the organisers are saying, oh, well, there is a chance that we uh, we might cancel the games yeah. any time, at any time during the next <laughs> During the next few weeks, like, it doesn't uh, fill you with much confidence, nah, does it? Nah, yeah, yeah. There, the, there's just and 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 the politicians, politicians, this can't be honest. Mm. Okay, they just can't say. Oh, instead of just saying, oh, we have to the man, the masks. I've heard two stories. We got to wear them for another seven days. Another story's been they're in for good. 
Oh, bloody hope not. And I thought, hang on, why don't we just why don't they just get up and say because of the the, the rugby league coming in and mm. interstate travellers coming in, that's why we're keeping these restrictions in. Why can't they just say that? All about money, mate. Yep. Money, money, money. And Seabus, I reckon. Yep. Seabus Stadium, because <laughs> they're, yeah, I reckon there's a link between them and the state government. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it costs a lot of money to hire a stadium to do a game. See, yeah, you were saying this last week, I remember. Yeah, so yeah, I've heard, son, I've heard, um, Metric Home is something like $200,000 mm. to hire it. Yeah. And a bugger to get to. <laughs> yeah. But I was designed that way to make people use transport. Yeah. But, but when they, they you come... You certainly can't get a train right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, one day the the, 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 the G-Link will go out that way, they say. Oh, maybe in 2092 or something. Or may, may, yeah. maybe my... In the, in the decade... When my great grandchild is around, yeah. Whenever I'm there, you got to park your car and walk about two or three k's yeah. to get there. Yeah. But no, I was just heard the other day um, one of our great equestrian riders, Andrew Hoy. This is his eighth Olympics. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, he's won quite a few gold medals. Yeah, you know, like he. Oh, this is back in the nineties. And then yeah. at the Sydney Games. Yeah. That's a long time ago, you know, it's yeah. over 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I guess a lot of the Aussie hopefuls, of course, will be in the pool and swimming. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a bit disappointing the last few games. Oh. Yeah, like we've been red-hot favourites in some events and, yeah, yeah haven't gone very well. Yeah. Um, but sailing's, yeah, surprisingly one sport we have done well yeah. in recent times, you know, picking up gold medals. Yeah. Cycling, we're strong, but Great Britain are stronger, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And we've got the great Ash Barty. She's a chance of winning gold in the tennis. Yeah. And, yeah, the team sports in Rio were very disappointing, apart from our women's rugby team who got gold. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll get more medals in that. And but I just want the gold. <laughs> I don't want the silver, the kissing your sister. I want the gold, 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 gold. <laughs> well, well, did I tell you that all the medals are actually made from silver? Yeah. So if you win a bronze, yeah. you just scrape the bronze off, and you got a silver medal. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to piss someone off, you just scrape their gold off and it becomes a silver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'd be doing if I, uh, if I came third and got a bronze, I'd just get out the old. Why not? Get out the old st- you know, metal, metal scrubber and just scrub the. Well, there's a good chance, you know, whoever got the silver. Was maybe a drug cheat or something. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. all the ones who got silver and bronze back in the eighties and the seventies. You know, with all the East Germans, all the high amount of drug taking they took, and 
to win gold. Uh, so what's that been happening in AFL, Glenn? Uh, yeah, I just I just thought of it and quickly brought it up. Mm. Well, yesterday, um, Port Adelaide beat Collingwood. You beauty. Yeah. And, of course, today today we've got Carlton versus North Melbourne. Brisbane. See, this is, again, it's another key clash between Brisbane and Gold Coast. Oh, is it? And have not heard a thing all week yeah. about it. There's been no because normally there's a hype around the cl- a key clash. Yeah, Brisbane coming to the Gold Coast or Gold Coast coming up going up to Brisbane. Nothing. nothing. I've heard nothing during the week. Yeah, about that. I didn't know anything about it. Ah, yeah. And then to, also today <laughs> we've got West Coast versus St Kilda, and yeah, I don't. I, yeah, it's hard to know where unless you're on the on the poles of where, mm. of where they're playing. Yeah, which states? Yeah. So are they playing any games in Perth or? No. Well, I think Adelaide's in lockdown from memory. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't have to mm. go and look it up. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And then, of course, well, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's um. Also, uh, today we've also got Melbourne versus the Bulldogs. Um, I'm so, yeah, somewhere in Queensland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That'll be a good match. Yeah. Yeah. Adelaide versus the Hawthorne. Well, Adelaide will probably win that. Yeah. Because Hawthorne can't seem to get anywhere lately in the last couple of years. And, this, and yeah, also, oh, yeah. Hang on. So we've got all the remaining games today. Oh, sorry, no. Yeah, tomorrow we've got the Swans versus Fremantle. Right. And Geelong versus Richmond. Also, Essendon okay. versus the the Giants. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, because uh, I know the Swans played the Giants last weekend. Yeah. And heaps of players had to pull out at the last second. Yeah. Yeah, because of COVID. Yeah. They'd been to some of the exposure sites. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's a worry. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but this is round 19 of 23, so. Right. They just probably want to get the season over and done with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is Queensland going to end up with the grand final again? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, if buts or maybe, they'll have the grand final yeah. at Suncorp in Brisbane this year. Yeah. yeah. But pa- I heard it's going to go to the number one bidder. But, yeah, it'll be Suncorp. Yeah. Palaszczuk will be going all out to get that. Yeah. She'll be licking her lips. Yeah. Yep. Rubbing her hands together. Yeah. But, um, nah. Like Paul waiting for an 80s episode. An 80s episode. Yeah, yeah. like we got today. Uh, yeah, the, Smack bang in the middle of the eighties. Yeah. It, it was. It was. Um, uh, yeah, you know, just going through, looking for the the music of the eighties and and that. It was really a great decade because oh, it was. It's fantastic. because not only yeah you know, 
even with people doing cover bands of, from from eighties, that they have a large majority of the audience of people that are the millennials, mm. you know, that the born in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, right. they, they just find that the eighties music mm. attracts a, a larger range of ages. Greater variety, yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And there's so much music that that's unsigned that that, that has the influence of the eighties. Mm. Yeah, just so many great names, you know. And they found out that um, the um, the Carpenters song we've only just begun was originally going to meant for a commercial for a bank. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Also found out this week, listening to community radio, um, that Cat Stevens' song, Morning Is Broken, yeah. only originally went for 44 seconds. Yeah? And that, you know, that's all, that, that, that's all he could write. Gosh. And anyway... Um, it's turned into one of the all-time exactly. classics. Yeah. Any, anyway, by the time they, they done it for the studio, it had gone up to the three... Over three minutes. Yeah. Anyway, the record the record label didn't want to release it on the album. Uh, they didn't want a gospel song on the album, mm. so they they released other songs off the album. Yeah. Then they finally decided to release "Morning Is Broken." It spent twenty twenty weeks at number one. Jeez. And made them a. Uh, a lot of cash. Mm. Was that in the UK? Yeah. 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 But uh, but I had, a, I, I had a laugh this morning. I was listening to um, Neil Finn, his rehearsal. Yeah. This was a few years ago where, where they would sell tickets to, to people to come and listen to um, a private rehearsal. Oh, okay. And um, he was sing- singing the song, and the line was supposed to be, now I'm walking again. Yeah. And they accidentally put an F where the W is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, just, I just picked it up, and I, looked, and I watched it again, and I hey. saw the expression on his face. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so in the NRL, yeah, we found out during the week, oh, I'm driving home from work and bloody Parramatta halfback, star playmaker Mitch Moses yeah. has got a broken back, yeah. and which he sustained in uh, the second Origin game. Yeah. So he played 70 minutes of Origin 2. With a broken back. Uh, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mc, Mc, so that's their season gone. McDoon rode, rode a race yeah. and won it. Just They took him – he had broken – he had lots of broken bones. Oh, he's it, broken just about every bone in his but, body, hasn't but he? But he, he, he insisted on being let out of hospital. Mm. They craned him onto the motorbike – yeah. He won the race and they trained him up and put him back in the hospital. Mm. 
they did this with Trevor Gilmister. When they won that free nil series, uh, Fatty Vorton's um, origin team, you know, Neville's. Yeah, Yeah, Trevor Gilmister was the captain. Yeah. And... Yeah, they'd already already won the series, so they will uh, play the third game. Uh, and he was in hospital on a drip because uh, he had a really badly infected leg. Uh, and he said, stuff this, I'm going to go and play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he went and had a blinder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nearly killed himself. But, mm. but yeah, also in rugby league, um, yeah, just in the last few days, Australia, Australia and New Zealand have pulled out of the World Cup in the UK at the end of the year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the English Rugby League, they're up in arms over that. Yeah. Because, well, I can understand why, you know, in a way, because, you know, like the Aussie cricket team's gone over the West Indies to play and, um, you know, New Zealand flew their cricket team out to England to play in the Test Championship final and, you know, teams of from all over the world, to flow on the Tokyo, yeah. you know, the Olympics. So, yeah. yeah, so whether it's cancelled now or, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, but, um, well apparently the, 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 um, the, 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 the Olympics this year, they haven't had to worry about handing out the 160,000 condoms. Yeah. That they would normally hand out at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they're just made for water balloons either. Nah. Uh, okay. So today we're going back to the year 1985. So, Glenn, what are your memories of the year 1985? Yeah, well, you know, like you said before, Right in the middle of the eighties, so much great music mm. that were out, and the big disco up the, up the old RSL club and stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was a great year. Yeah, and having um, I knew the, the the guy who owned the local music shop, the Port Macquarie Music Factory. And he used to give me all the. The, the reps used to come round and 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 give him like you know the, the mixtapes, you know like we they have now you know the summer the summer yeah ninety nine or whatever yeah he would, the reps would actually bring them to him and they would mm. give them to me yeah and I would listen to this music even before it was released. So okay. I, I said, how do they work this out? How do they know what to put on a mixtape when none of this music has actually been released on, yeah. you know, onto the charts? So how do they know what to put on a tape? And so it just goes to show yeah. how much of the, of the music was manipulated to the charts. So what, what were your favourite singers back then? Oh, I had too many of them. Yeah, well, 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 of course, in excess. Yeah, they were. Yeah, you know, they were number one. Mm. Yeah, you know, die straight. Yeah, money for nothing. Yeah, men for, men. remember the film clip, the video yeah, clip. Yeah. yeah, 
Men, <laughs> mental as anything. Oh, yeah. yeah especially this. Hey, so. hey, you with a sad face, you'll have a happy face. <laughs> <laughs> when you live it up, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other song that they had out, I don't know whether it was that year, but um, the, the, the nips are getting bigger. Oh, yep. We're, we used to change words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, the, the you remember you you eat the vegan, Bruce Springsteen. And, That's right. Mm. And um, Band Aid, yeah, yeah. Another fundraising song. Do they know? Do they know it's Christmas? That's right. Yeah, they had a lot of that going on then, didn't they? Those yeah. Um, yeah. songs to raise money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah then um, yeah. I, it was really the decade for music. Oh, it was, yeah. That um, really, really made, mm. yeah, yeah uh, made made the industry, especially the record labels, very wealthy, very wealthy. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I think they've just gone destroyed the industry. Yeah, because yeah. this is it's all it's all show. Well, you used to know it, you know, when you used to buy the tapes and like it'd have the name of the, you know, the record producer yeah. on there all the time. So you, 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 you know, you, you were aware of it, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Niles Rogers. Mm. He's a, he's a band from a band called Cheek. Yeah. And um, he's also a producer. And these produced albums, even for Madonna. And, um, yeah, she was huge then, yeah. wasn't she? And, mm. and these produced albums, it sort of, the albums that is produced have sold over 500 million plus. Yeah. And that, so, yeah. I'm just talking about Madonna. I, me- I remember um, she had that movie. Was it Desperately Seeking Susan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, oh, Madonna's a real good sort, you know, yeah. and I remember getting on the train with a friend and yeah. went all the way down the Penrith because that was like the closest cinema yeah. and watched that movie and it was one of the most boring movies yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, there was, um, I watched the movie during the week. It's, mm. it Ah, uh, the um, hot shots. Oh, yeah, not the yeah. one with Charlie Sheen in, but with Charlie Sheen's brother, yeah, Emil Estevez. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, I, I just uh, there are just so many short, funny puns yeah. in there. Like he's defusing a bomb, yeah, in this boat, and as he's clipping the wires. Well, this was when movies were funny, you know, Beverly yeah. Hills Cop. And, yeah, yeah. But, but he clipped the wire, you know, like clipped one wire mm. and all the lights in the city went out. But this <laughs> is on the wire on the boat. No, the, the first wire he clipped, mm. the lights went out in the boat next door. Then yeah. the second wire he clipped, the lights went out in the entire city. Oh, really? And then when he clipped the third wire... This explosion happened, yeah. but instead of all these dead dead fish coming up, it was all these dead scuba divers. <laughs> <laughs> so Millie Estevez, he was from the Brat Pack, wasn't he? 
Remember the the Brat Pack from uh, around that time in yeah. 1985? You yeah. had um, oh Demi Moore and you know the, a group of like half a dozen act- actors. Yeah. And yeah, they're in movies like The Breakfast Club. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, that's what they used to call them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's uh. what they did. Yeah. yeah, but I remember I was uh, 14 years of age and I was living in Lura and I remember my parents bought a unit at the beautiful at beautiful Shoal Bay in Port Stephens. Have you ever been there, Glenn? Yeah, yeah oh, I've been around there. God's country. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And the unit they, they've got, and they've still got it today, over 35 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Right up the top of the very hill, and it's got views forever, and it's just yeah. amazing. And yeah, yeah it's still got it today. It's brought a lot of you know wonderful memories for yeah. the whole family and holidays, wonderful yeah. holidays. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't get to go there very much now. It might yeah. be once a decade. Yeah. But oh gosh, it's just just a great. Great place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Port, yeah, Port Stevens and that area. Yeah, it's yeah. about an hour north of Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. We, we used to stop over there in, in Dad's sailing boat. Mm. Yeah, in Port Stevens. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, no, they still go there, but it's, you know, no lift. They've got to walk up heaps and heaps of stairs. It's yeah. got about 80 or 90 steps, but yeah. geez, it's worth the view. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember getting a race bike. Mm. Yeah, because I used to deliver medicines. I had this shitty BMX bike that I got from a young age. And so my dad, he's a, he was a chemist. Yeah. And so after school, like this was my first ever job, yeah. I would, um, you know, ride around all of Lura, up and down all the steep hills, and deliver these big boxes of uh, prescription medicines. On my on my back, yeah. To all these nursing homes and oh, geez, some of them were just depressing places. And so, were you like Grant? You've have you seen Open All Hours? No, just yeah. No, no, but have you seen the TV show Open All Hours? No, it had Ronnie Barker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, the English two Ronnies. Yeah. Yep. And he had this shop and he had this, this nephew, Granville, that did all these deliveries on the push Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I cried. He was always yeah. really stingy with money. And oh, <laughs> mate. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't buy his nephew a new bike or, or get a... <laughs> get a um, Get a van to do deliveries in. Yeah. yeah, but I think um, my parents realised, you know, I was really struggling trying to get around this crappy BMX bike. Yeah. <laughs> Forked out money and got me this racer. Yeah, you know, and oh gosh, that made things a lot easier. Mm. And uh, yeah, and I also used to get pocket money caddying for my dad, you know, because he used to, he's a, you know, used to play golf a lot back yeah. then. Well, he still does, but. Back then, he'd be playing all weekend, and yeah, mm. so I'd play cricket in the morning, and then go caddy in the afternoon, and sometimes I'd travel down to Sydney with him and caddy, and yeah, yeah, yep. 
and sometimes I'll get to ride those carts. You know the carts? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I remember uh, getting a Commodore 64 computer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were the big thing back then, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah and that. of course Live Aid, I remember that. And watching Greg Norman at the Australian PGA at Castle Hill and, uh, you know, getting up nice and close to him and following the crowd around and... And I used to just play so many sports then, you know, like I'd play cricket, squash, tennis, golf, rugby league, you name it. But there was one time I came home from squash because I used to play on Saturday mornings when it was the off-season, you know, cricket. And, uh, yeah, I had all these spots on me. Oh, Mum said, you you got chicken pox, you got to go to bed. I was in bed for like, I had about two weeks off school. Oh, um, and it was unreal. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I used to listen to the radio all the time. Uh, right? And every time that Mental As Anything song, Live It Up, came on. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I used to love it. And they had the Ashes tour in um, England. Yeah. And I'd be up. You know, all night watching it on TV and listening on the radio, and uh, yeah, and that I think started my um, interest in one day, you know, going to England and playing cricket over there. Oh, I thought, yeah. oh wow, this would be unreal, yeah. you know. And I remember Parramatta getting smashed twenty six nil by Canterbury in the preliminary final that year, and <laughs> going home a loser. Um, and Aussie cricket was just in a shambles. Yeah. Just, uh, we'll go into that in a bit more later on. Mm. Yeah. But no, I was in a really bad state. Okay, we're up to our first segment now. Olivia. Yeah, yeah I've lost myself here. You read that one. This week's Who Am I? Yeah, right. Okay, this is all done. Yep. Okay, who am I? <laughs> so, Olivia's back. She's going to read the information today. Mm. And it's about a very famous, well, New Zealander. Yep. Very famous Kiwi. So, off you go. I was born in Christchurch, New Zealand in 1951 and I am regarded as one of the greatest fast bowlers and all-rounders of all time. So he's a famous former cricketer. I played 86 test matches and claimed 431 wickets, once holding the world record and scored 3,124 runs, averaging 27.16. I made my test debut in 1973 and played played my last test in 1990. I am considered by many experts as the greatest bowler of the new ball of the new ball out of the great all-rounders of my time, such as Ian Bothman, Kapil Dev, and Imran Khan. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. He's the current Prime Minister of Pakistan. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I had the best bowling average, 22.29. In 1985, I put in an outstanding performance when I destroyed Australia in Brisbane, claiming nine wickets for 52 in the first innings and six wickets in the second wickets. 
in the second inning. Sorry, you darling. said wickets. Yeah, I made a. That's my fault. I'm misprint. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give myself an uppercut. There you go. Whoosh. I claimed an incredible thirty-three wickets in the three test series, leading leading the his country. Yep. Leading his country to two two one series and my first and the first ever by New Zealand over Australia. I received knighthood in 1992 and in 1990. 1990, yep. sorry. And in 2009, I was inducted into the ICC Cricket Hall of Fame. My nickname is Paddles. That's right. So my name is, and we'll give the answer at the end of the program. Okay, we're up to our next segment now. It is time for Where Are They Now? Where are they now? Okay, we're going to talk about a very famous former boxer today. The Marrickville Mauler, Jeff Fennick. So, Fennick, he was, he's a retired Australian professional boxer who won world titles in three weight divisions. And that was his nickname, the Marrickville Mauler, because that's where he uh, came from. In Sydney, yeah. the suburb of Marrickville. Yeah. Yeah, it's near Newtown, sort of in a inner city, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And according to the Sport Australia Hall of Fame, he was a talented rugby league player as a teenager. However, he was considered too small for senior football. So when he was 17, he went to Newtown Police Citizens Youth Club, which was run by Johnny Lewis, who go, who, and he went on to become his mentor and manager. So, yeah, actually, there was a time during his career, Jeff, Jeff Fennick, that he um, gave boxing away and he started playing reserve grade uh, Parramatta. Uh, but he, he went back to boxing. Massive uh, Parramatta fan, Jeff Fennick. And Fennick began a successful amateur boxing career and he was the captain of the Australian boxing team at the Los Angeles Olympics in 1984. In his quarterfinal bout... He controversially had a decision overturned. The officiating judges awarded Fennec the fight, but a nine-man jury reversed the decision and gave the bout to his Czech opponent. And I remember that because uh, I was at, I was at um I was in Year Seven, uh, St Columbus High School. Uh, I was waiting for the train uh, at uh, Springwood Station. I had the what the radio on, listening to it. Uh, and the commentators were going going off, you know. This is a rip-off. What a joke of a decision. And yeah. unfortunately, this is what happens, you know. Um, some of these boxing judges are just over there for a, for a holiday. Yeah. Bit of a junket, you know. Yeah. And don't seem to know much about the sport. Mm-hmm. However, Fennec then started a professional career and won the Australian Super Flyweight title in his third professional fight. Then he took out the bantamweight title. In 1985, he won his first world title when he defeated Satoshi Shingaki of Japan in the ninth round to claim the IBF bantamweight title. Mm-hmm. I think that was at the Horton Pavilion from memory. Yeah, yeah I'll, I remember that night. Uh, Fennec was suddenly a national hero and he defended his title later in the year against Shingaki, defeating him in three rounds. He then defended his, the title against American Jerome Coffey in Sydney, winning on points. 
Fennick went on and had a highly successful career, winning the super bantamweight title in 1987, and the featherweight, and he was featherweight champion in 1988. In 1991, Fennick was robbed, absolutely robbed, of the super feather, featherweight title in Las Vegas against the great Z- uh, Zumba Nelson from Ghana. Yeah. So um, I remember he was telling Don King to piss off and, <laughs> you know, the American uh, dodgy uh, promoter, uh, boxing promoter, because it was, it was just, yeah, it was, you know, it was obviously done because they wanted to have a rematch to get money, uh, you know. Fennec had clearly won the fight and it would have been his fourth world title. However, uh, it was declared a draw by the judges after 12 rounds. And Nelson won the rematch in Melbourne. Yeah, so I had no idea about this. I heard that um, this is uh, years later when both Azuma Nelson and Jeff Fennick were in their 40s. They were going to have a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Come out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I do remember hearing Yeah, I never knew that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Fennick today is... 57 years of age, and according to Wikipedia, he was inducted into the Australian Sport Hall of Fame in 1986 and in the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2002. Yeah, so, and he's the owner of a sports clothing brand that carries his name and also has been a trainer, even for the former heavyweight champion Mike Tyson. So, yeah, him and... Mike Tyson and Jeff Fennick have always been really close mates. And in 2004, Fennick was attacked and stabbed by four men in Sydney, receiving facial cuts that required plastic surgery. Uh. <laughs> He's also had bullets fired into his home yeah. in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it is, well, it is medical. He's been a target. Yeah. yeah. And according to Current Affair, I remember watching this – just a few years ago, while conducting conducting a training camp in Bangkok, Thailand, Fennec became extremely ill when a heart infection nearly claimed his life. Mm-hmm. Fennec had open heart surgery and incredibly walked his daughter Jessica down the aisle on her wedding day. Uh. Fennec, while recovering in hospital, did laps around the hospital walked on treadmills and convinced his medical team that he was fit enough to travel to be at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And since then, Fennec has recovered well and recently he was very outspoken in, in criticising Australian boxer Justice Hooney and his team for withdrawing from the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. So here's a guy who fought Paul Gallen recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in that heavyweight Australian belt. Uh, yeah. yeah. So according to the to the book Australian Sport Through Time, Fennec has said, I'll never forget anybody or where I came from. I'm from a Maltese background and from Marrickville, Australia. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so that's uh, the story of Jeff Fennec. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll look at some events of 1985 now. So as we've already spoken about, 
We had the Live Aid Benefit Concerts, which were held around the world in places such as Wembley Stadium in London, uh, Philadelphia in America, and Sydney in Moscow. I actually went to the old Wembley Stadium, went on a tour there one day. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I can just imagine, you know, like that concert and inside that old Wembley Stadium just would have been unreal. Especially yeah. when Queen came out to perform. Yeah. Yeah. And it was organised by Sir Bob Geldof from the Boomtown Rats. Remember that song? I don't yeah. like Mondays. That was yeah. it. Ne- One Hit ne- Wonder. I've never liked that song or, yeah. or Bob Geldof. But it was also Major. What song did they sing? I've heard of them. They're a pommy, pommy band, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was held to raise money for famine relief in Ethiopia. The concerts attracted close to 200,000 people and attracted an estimated 1 billion viewers in 110 countries. Yeah. And it raised over $125 million. So yeah. I guess that was a lot of money back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 1985, yep, sure. Mm. So performers included B.B. King, Bob Dylan... David Bowie, Duran Duran, Elton John, Hall and Oates, Lionel Richie, Paul McCartney, U2 and Queen. And I think from memory, Phil Collins, he performed in Philadelphia and then he got on a plane and flew straight over yeah, to London yeah, yeah, to perform right. there yeah, on the yeah, same night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, no, I think they did something else like about 20 years later, didn't they? It was like, yeah, but it was for uh, world famine. Yeah. Yeah, where that one basically focused on the Ethiopia. So other events in 1985, the Greenpeace ship Rainbow Warrior. Um, this happened in New Zealand. It, was sunk, it sunk when French agents planted a bomb on the hull. And a photographer was killed. Yeah, and, and Route 66 in the USA was removed from the United States highway system. I remember when I went to America, I, the Kentucky tour I was on, yeah, we, we went on Route 66. It's a very famous road. It goes, I think, all the way from Chicago to uh, Los Angeles, I think. Yeah, that's like... Well over 4,000 miles. Yeah, 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 but, yeah but apparently the, like, the, the, the towns have died along that route. Now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. But it's been, you know, mentioned in a lot of songs over the years and in movies. And, yeah. yeah. And Mikhail Gorbachev, he became the Soviet leader and he was responsible for bringing in new domestic and foreign policy reforms. To help save the crumbling communist system. And he was great, you know, because, yeah, like everyone sort of looked at, well, they were called the Soviet Union back then, you know, as, yeah, yeah they, were, they were people, I guess. <laughs> everyone just sort of saw them as robots before that, I guess. And yeah. they, were the, they were the real baddies of the world. And this yeah. was during the Cold War and... Um, yeah, so he agreed to uh, 
nuclear disarmament, disarmament deals with the, the US, with Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. And it really brought an end to the Cold War, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but he's still alive. Still got the birthmark on his head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but a very inspirational man. Uh. Yeah. And, yeah, I just heard about this recently. I didn't, don't remember it at the time, but there was a joint American-French exhibition which located the wreck of the Titanic yeah. after all those years. Yeah. And apparently, like, it was like 14,000 kilometres. No, it was about 14 kilometres down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a long way. Yeah. And... Yeah, and you know when they did find it, all they found, like they didn't find any bodies. All they found was shoes. Yeah. So over all that time, yeah, you know all these people that had died there. Yeah. Um, yeah, their bodies had just disintegrated away. Yeah. Well, yeah, being so cold. Yeah. You know, hypothermia that would have taken them. Oh yeah, and Very you quickly. know animals down there and. Yeah. Yeah, they decided not to touch a single thing yeah. because they thought, you know, they saw things of like a mother's shoes next to a, a child's shoes. Yeah. And they just thought, no, this has got to be a – this is a tomb. Yeah. You know, and it's – we're not going to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you ever see that movie Titanic? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Didn't have it. Didn't last very long. The Titanic, did it? Yeah. That was its maiden voyage. Yeah, too. yeah. It's just the way it was built. Yeah, it was supposed to be un, the unsinkable. Mm. The well, it hit unsink- an iceberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah but when I, I find <coughs> that when, whenever you say, whenever you promote something to be unsinkable or the best, yeah, it always seems to be failure. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like the Hindenburg disaster. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, unfortunately there was a lot of violence at fo- football grounds in Europe and English fans were banned from European competitions. So there were th- 39 fans killed at Heysel Stadium in Belgium during the European Cup final. And unfortunately we've seen a lot of um, crowd violence yeah. After the, uh, it was a Euro Cup final last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, it's been a real problem over the years, hasn't it? Yeah. Like hooligans and, and yeah. British soccer. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really there to watch the match. They just say the cause trouble. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah, it just seems to... Years it finished years to, oh, yeah. to um mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just laughing at about a joke I heard from from Akmar Sali. Yeah, how's a guy? Can you remember? Uh, well, well, he was talking about the 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 French festival in Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> he goes he goes for a month, but halfway through the festival they had. The um, the Bogan Five Hundred, he calls it. Yeah. Like the supercars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're just talking to a friend on uh, <laughs> on on the side of the road in this 
guy came up and said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You've probably never been to it. And they got um, and Atmar said, yeah, yeah, I yeah. haven't been one. So then he looked into the... Um, <laughs> he looked into the the price of the ticket. Yeah. Apparently it was two hundred eighty dollars a day <laughs> to, to the to the Adelaide five five hundred. Yeah. He said just to sit down and watch traffic go by. Yeah. I thought, well, yeah, it's basically right. He said, he said, I might as well sit on the side of the highway with a carton of beer <laughs> and watch the cars go past. I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. So in movies and TV, yeah, I remember going to the cinema to watch Amadeus and uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I didn't enjoy that movie. I thought it was a bit boring. Yeah. The, the Colour Purple and Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future movie with Michael J. Fox came out. They made quite a lot of those Back to the Future Movies, didn't yeah, they? At yeah, least four or five. Three of them. Yeah. Just the three. And on TV, there was a country practice. Yeah. Yeah, that was on like twice a week, wasn't it? And I remember 7.30 hearing that. Yeah. And uh, Sale of the Century. Yeah. With Tony Barber, yeah. seven o'clock, and they had that mini series, The Anzacs. That was brilliant. That, yeah. yeah. And countdown every Sunday night. Yeah, good on Molly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I saw him on TV recently. He's he's still going. He's still yeah. a bit slow to get around, but he's still. Well, this is what we would do on a Sunday night, like um. <laughs> I'd go, we'd go to church as a family. Yeah. Like I'd, I was an altar boy. And then we'd yeah. go to the local fish and chip shop, yeah. get the hamburger, fish and chips. Yeah. And then dad would drive like <laughs> like Lewis Hamilton back home because yeah. we're all hungry. Yeah. And then we'd watch Countdown while we're eating, eating our hamburgers and fish and yeah. chips. And then watch the footy, the match of the day. Yeah. And then watch 60 Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> A, a good movie came out um, in that year, t- 1985, yep. Spies Like Us. Oh, I remember that one, Chevy yeah. Chase and, yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's a <laughs> classic. I really, I really like watching that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in music, yeah, we say there was Money for Nothing by Die Straits, Heaven yep. by Brian Adams. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Can't Fight This Feeling by Aria Speedwagon. And, yeah, Madonna was huge. Duran Duran were massive. Phil Collins, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, gosh, we could go on all day. The Mighty In Excess with mm. What You Need. Yeah. Um, foreigner. Foreigner too, oh, yeah. Straits, yeah, you just said that, sorry. Mm. Uh, You'd be forty now. now That's right. The um, John, who owned the music store that I told you about, he um, he um, I went in there. The, I thought I I heard you be forty on the radio, 
And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go buy one of their albums. And Joan said, this is not your style. Yeah. You won't like this. So what I'm doing for you, mate, is you take it home. If you like it, you come back and pay me for it. Or if you don't like it, and I know you won't like it, just bring it back. Yeah. Sure enough. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, didn't you? Nah, I took it back. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, but he knew, he knew what my taste was. Yeah. He would actually bring, he would actually, new albums that would come out. Well, they, they actually, um, when the night quarter was on up the road here, they they performed live there one day. Yeah. Yeah, the Pommy Reggae Band. Yeah. They? Yeah. This was about four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't real fan of them. Yeah, I must admit. But I guess you know they were sort of unique in a way, the way they, you know, their vocals and sound. Yeah. And and Jennifer Rush and also um, Huey Lewis and the News. Oh yeah. Had the same had a song with the exact same, same time, time. Power of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What about We Are The World by USA for Africa? Yeah. I love that song even today because yeah. I love, you know, miming all the singers. Yeah. Like especially with Willie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the part that he sings again? Yeah. Oh. Dan- dancing on the street with David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Always out. Yeah. The model's out of mind. Out That's of right. Yep. Yeah. And they sing Barbados too, didn't they? Yeah. 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 I love that. I've always liked the, um, that 10cc 10 10cc 10 song. Yeah. It's just not cricket. Yeah. That's yeah. a great song. Yeah. That was back in the 70s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I. That, they tried. They tried reforming under an, a name called by the, under the band name Wax, mm. but it never took off. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but uh, no, it was a great time, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll look at some sporting events now of nineteen eighty five. So Australian spinners Bob Dutchie Holland and Murray Bennett, they bamboozled the great West Indian side in Sydney in the fifth test. And, yeah, it was West Indies captain Clive Lloyd's last ever test match. And it was the Aussie captain Alan Border's first ever test win. Yeah, so I remember that match really clearly. I remember, um, you know, West Indies were just flogging everyone back then. And, yeah, their, their fast bowlers had just <laughs> hammered the Aussie batsmen and Kim Hughes in that series, he, uh, he you know, um, gave up the Australian captaincy in tears after the second test because they were just getting flogged. The West Indies were just so dominant. And, yeah, got to the last test match. And they were playing in Sydney and Australia batted first and... Their South African, South African Australian Kepler Vessels. He uh, got a big, 
Big 100, 174. If you got 100 against the West Indies in those days, you were going really well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Bob Dutchie Holland, he was 38 years of age, a leg spinner, and, yeah, he spun them to victory. Yeah, with Murray Bennett helping him out. And, yeah, unfortunately, Dutchie, he passed away a couple of years ago. But, he, no, he was a real character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't look like a cricketer. He looked like an accountant, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked like your dad playing for Australia. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, his leg spinners did the trick and they beat the West Indies by an innings. So, yeah, the West Indies won the series 3-1 and that was a good result back then for Australia, you know. Uh, yeah. But a few months later they had the World Championship of Cricket which was held in Melbourne and Sydney. So what it was, it was like a mini World Cup. And, yeah, they had the first ever game at the Melbourne Cricket Ground under lights. And I remember Australia beat England in that game but they got flogged in all their other games. And India won the final against arch-rival Pakistan. Yeah. But Aussie cricket just was in shambles. Um, So, yeah, just before the Ashes tour to the UK, many of their players from the Ashes squad pulled out of the tour and signed to go on a rebel tour of South Africa. Yeah, so the players faced bands of... Three years from Australian cricket. So you've got players like Kim Hughes, Terry Alderman, Rodney Hogg, you know. And uh, so this was a thing back then because South Africa had been expelled from the world because yeah. of their apartheid policy. Yeah. Um, it was mainly, it was all team sport. I think they were still allowed to play individually. Oh, yeah. Like, say, so you still had South African tennis players and golfers playing and... Yeah. Yeah, but with their cricketers, you know, it was terrible for them because yeah. the, their only option was um, to go play county cricket. Uh, but that only went for a certain part of the year. So this whole their players and the South African public were just starved of cricket, yeah. you know. And the South African cricket board, they had no, no other option. They had to um, organise these rebel tours. Yeah. To try and, you know, get the game going in uh, South Africa. Yeah. But it also helped to make the public over there realise, you know, well, this is what we're missing out on. Yeah. You know, we really need sport again. Oh, yeah. You know, we say, so, yeah, they had, you know, West Indian teams go over there, English teams, and eventually, yeah, they had the Australian team in 1985. And... Yeah, but after they'd served out their bands, you know, players like Terry Alderman, they came back and he got a whole heap of wickets. And, yeah. Um, but a lot of the Aussie players, they, they didn't really have a choice. You know, they yeah. sort of had to go on these tours. Yeah. Because the Australian Cricket Board had said to them, mm. you know, well, you won't be playing for Australia ever again. This was before they'd, you know, the South, South African thing had even been brought up. Yeah. So, you know, they got families to feed and yeah. 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 And they had to, they had to go. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, you know, they were um well, especially with the West Indian cricketers who went there's a really good documentary 
of um, what their cricketers are like today. Yeah. You know, some of them are got addicted to drugs, living on the street, you know, because, yeah, yeah they were just so badly treated because they went on this South African tour and, you know, the um, West Indian community didn't didn't like the fact that, you know, black South uh, West Indian cricketers were going over to play a white man's game in South Africa and, yeah, yeah. So they they were treated really badly and yeah. um yeah but a lot of the you know over in South Africa especially they just thought it was blood money because yeah. you know the cricketers were taking all this money while many especially the black community in South Africa were starving the deaf you know yeah, yeah. So cricket in South Africa has always been seen as a white man's game. Yeah. But things have changed, you yeah. know, in the last 20 years. You, yeah. you now got heaps of, um, yeah, local, yeah, probably half their sides from a, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, from yeah, yeah. They're, they're black now, especially their yeah. fast bowlers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's been young South African Players come to Australia and you know, mm. being yeah got an education and and done training in that's right in cricket then going back to South Africa to play for them. Yeah. Well, what they did, they put in a and it's I think in all their team sports they've put in this policy that they I think they have to include at least two um, black players yeah yeah to play in their team yeah and. You know, they've done really well in rugby. They've won like three World Cups and yeah. probably the most successful nation in in World Cup uh, rugby yeah. union. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's you know they've over the last twenty years or so they've got into the townships and yeah, yeah. It's I think it really seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah, but seventeen-year-old uh, Boris Becker. He's done the tennis world when he, um, the young German, won the men's singles title at Wimbledon. And that was against a South African, Kevin Curran, in the final. Yeah. And I remember he won the following year too. And mm. Australia won the inaugural Dunhill Cup in golf with a 3-0 win over the United States uh. at St Andrews in Scotland. So that's like the oldest golf course in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So the team was Greg Norman, David Graham, and Graham Marsh. Graham Marsh is a, a brother of Rod Marsh. Well, Sc- well, Scotland is where golf came from. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, it's the most famous mm. golf course in the world, St there, Andrews. There's a great sketch from Billy Connolly about, about golf mm. being started in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, it'd be good to see. Yeah, but they're beautiful courses over there. Yeah. Beautiful scenery. Yeah. But oh god, they'd be hard to play on. Yeah, because <laughs> whenever they have the British Opens there, yeah, like um, yeah, you got to be the scores aren't that aren't yeah. very low, yeah. and they're you know the best players going around. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, New South Wales. 
led by Captain Steve Mortimer. They won their very first State of Origin series over Queensland. Yeah, and I remember uh, they won the first game in, in the rain up at Lang Park, mm-hmm. 18 the 6, and Michael O'Connor scored all their points. Mm-hmm. And the second game was close, and uh, Brett Kenny, a great Parramatta player, he reached out, scored a try, and to wrap up the game for them in the closing minutes. Yeah. Steve Mortimer kissed the ground in delight. And yeah, <laughs> so it was like ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah, because yeah, up until then, Queensland just dominated Origin, yeah. you know, because it just meant so much more to them. Yeah. But Steve Mortimer, he was such a inspirational captain. Yeah. And, you know, when you go up at Lang Park there and that you got Caxton Street oh, there yeah. with that pub and yeah. whenever the New South Wales bus would come to the ground, oh, you know, the, the spectators would be bloody rocking the bus and yeah. swearing and carrying on at the New South Wales team. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this was the first game. And Steve Mortimer tells the bus driver, tells him to stop the bus. So they're getting attacked, you know, in the <laughs> middle of Caxton Street by all these drunk Queenslanders. Yeah. And Steve Mortimer goes, look at them out there. They all hate us. The bus driver here, he hates us. <laughs> you know, this is why we've got to win We've got to do it for each other yeah. Yeah, And they yeah, It certainly worked He inspired them to win And yeah, 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 It's a bit rough saying the bus driver Yeah Doesn't like it They might have ended up walking home yeah. <laughs> yeah So in the Rugby League Grand Final Canterbury defeated favourite St George 7-6 to six In the Grand Final no real, oh, it's just defence, defence, defence back then. There weren't too many tries scored in grand finals. Yeah. And Essendon won the VFL grand final, defeating Hawthorne by 78 points. And legendary Aussie tennis coach Harry Hopman, he died age 79. And he captained Australia's Davis Cup team to 16 titles between 1939 and 1968. So, you know, he coached some of the, the greats of Australian tennis, you know. Ken yeah. Rose, well, Rod Laver. Yeah. Yeah, Roy Emerson. Yeah. And in the Ashes series, England won at home three tests to one to regain the Ashes. And England, England's David Gower and Graham Gooch just scored a truckload of runs, I remember. And our bowlers were just pathetic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from a... Young 19-year-old Craig McDermott, who uh, um, did very well in that series, got about 30 wickets and, uh, yeah, he held his head up high. and Yeah, and a 10-man Manchester United defeated Everton 1-0 in the FA Cup final. Yeah, so I was a bit gutted over that because uh, Everton got beat. Okay, Glenn, what took place in the world of motorsport in 1985? Well... With the MotoGP, it was mainly held in the, the northern hemisphere, and there wasn't any Australian riders that year. No, in the competition, but he, but so Alan Jones had retired, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no well, this is motor. This oh, is with bike. the motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, but basically, out of the twelve rounds, it was between Eddie Lawson and Frank Spencer. 
Frank Spencer. That would have. Oh, Betty. That would have been interesting. I've done a whoopsie in the garden. <laughs> oh man, Freddie, Freddie Spencer. Freddie Spencer. Oh, okay. yeah, both yep. Americans. It was only in round three that the the German took it out on on his home home on his home um, track. Yeah, yeah, but but even Freddie Freddie Spencer, he also rode in the uh, the. 250, because back then they had the the 80cc, the 125cc, the 250cc, and yep. the 500. Jeez. So Freddie Spencer was riding the 250. Okay. And then going over and the ride, riding the 500. Yeah. And he, he, he dominated most of the, the races in the 12 rounds. Yep. Yeah, but I... The, the um the little ace the little eighty cc bikes were yeah. <laughs> it, it was like a, it, it was like a group of mos- mosquitoes going around the track like little drones in the <laughs> sky eh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that God even I might go on one of them uh, yeah. Yeah, the the um I brought my son a um an eighties, an eighty cc motorbike. Yeah, and I told him, "You're not to take this on the road." But Sean, and then yeah, you know, I said, "You take this on the road. I'm taking it off you straight away." Mm. So then I went down the shops to get some milk and stuff. On the way back home, he was halfway down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky little bastard. <laughs> I told you not to do it and you did yeah. it straight away. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. In, yeah, in Bathurst, where Tom, Tom Walkinshaw took out Paul. Right. In the, in the jag in two hours, 18 minutes and 0.8 Two two of a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Johnson came third. Um, who else do we have? Jimmy Richards in the BMW, the JPS BMW. He came in seventh. Okay. And uh, yeah, Peter Brock in the in the Holden <laughs> Holden. Um, <laughs> sorry. Holden VK Commodore. Yeah. And another another joke with Akmar Sully. We used to have a joke of the week, didn't we? Yeah. But, we should bring it back. But he, he, he reckons that if Australia was to have a um, a civil war, yeah. it would be between yeah, which is the better car for for the Holden? Yeah, because he's doing the show and he's talking about about it, and then the audience they're going, "Yeah, oh, Ford's better, no Holden's better." Nah, Holden, <laughs> Holden any day. Yeah, so no. Yeah. It's very interesting on 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 yeah, because he calls those sports bogan sports. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bring it on the bogans. 
Yeah, back in '85, there's not. Well, well, there was a track on the Gold Coast, but there wasn't any. It wasn't a part of any. Yeah, any tours or anything. Tours, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah, let's do a sports report for this. Yeah, well, they had the Australia, first ever Australian Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember that day Did when they? I was at um, the PGA at Castle Hill watching the golf and oh, following them. Greg Norman around like a bad smell all day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was the first Australian Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, a yeah. hundred 103,000 people. Yeah, 103,000 wow. people. It used to be at Adelaide then, and yeah. it was a really good street circuit, apparently. Yeah. But they, they've always had an Australian Grand Prix, but this was the first time it was brought into the World Drivers' Championship. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Kiki Rosberg from Finland, he was the first winner. And I think he's he's got a couple of sons. Yeah. Has he? Yeah, they've... Been successful Formula One drivers. Um, and Frenchman Elaine Prost, he won the World Drivers' Championship. And Mac- uh, McLaren won the Manufacturers' Championship that year. Yeah. In the uh, India- India- Indianapolis. Gosh, we need to... <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah. I reckon whenever we have this... Whenever we talk about the Indies, we just say Indie. We don't mention the city. (laughs) (laughs) Or else we'll be here all day. Yeah, Yeah, Danny Sullivan, he won defeating the great Mario Andretti. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else in motorsport? Or Um, we might have to get Olivia over to do the answer for who am I now? Yeah, the reveal. Yeah. Here she comes. Now to reveal this week's Who Am I? Okay, so the answer to Who Am I is Sir Richard Hadley. That's right. Well done. Okay, thanks, Olivia. So, I think we're up to the draw now. Yeah. Oh, what can it be? Thanks, Paul. In the next episode, we will be going way back in time to 1974. Hit me with it. We're going back. Oh, we're going back. Back another 11 years. Right. 1974. (laughs) 1974? Yeah. Living in the past, I am. Yep. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, we'll be able to come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the year of, um, was that Rumble in the Jungle that year? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah, the great Ali Foreman fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was 74. Uh, I don't think I can remember anything of 74, but. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, well, I've, I'll research it this week and, oh, that's right. That's right. I remember reading yeah. about that, watching yeah. that. Yep, yep, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I, I see I see sports news come on the you know, mm. TV or radio during the week. I go, I must remember that by the time we get round to doing off again. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what did happen that year. Yeah. Um, the Socceroos 
yeah. uh, played in their first ever World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Germany. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that'll be good. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Glenn. Okay. Okay. So that's it for this episode. It was wonderful today going right back to a fantastic year, 1985. Back to the future. Yeah, back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. Please check out our Facebook page for posts on Paul's Sporting Memories. Thanks to Gold Studio Productions for producing Paul's Sporting Memories. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time, have a great sporting week.